Welcome to Women on Wealth, a podcast by women for women. Our mission is to empower women to embrace the discussion around wealth, demystify finance and market-related topics, and break down the emotions that surround these decisions. Your host is Julina Ogilvie, Partner and Wealth Advisor with Principal Wealth Partners. She's a certified private wealth advisor and a certified investment management analyst with over 20 years of industry experience. Hi everyone, Julina here. Welcome to our episode on the silent risk for women. When I created Women on Wealth and generated a list of topics to cover in these episodes, this one just remained top of mind because of the story that I'd like to share with you. There's a lot of controversy today as to how men and women invest differently. And today I wanna walk through my experience as to why I believe this is true, talk about how women invest differently than men, the consequences of this, which are both positive and negative, and why I compare it to dieting. To start, this experience of mine, I've often referred to as the investment guy. During much of my career, one of my responsibilities involved an invitation from a financial professional to speak to individuals or investors about the economy and the markets. The presentation and clients would vary, but there was always one inevitable result. At the conclusion of the event, after clients had dispersed, people are mingling, drinking coffee, and saying their goodbyes, people would politely approach and say thank you to me and possibly ask some follow-up questions. But there was always that investment guy, the one guy that would not come up and say thank you or have a question, but rather wanted to lecture me on why their investment was the best possible solution they could have found and how proud they were of this decision. And that's great, they were passionate, but they were always a male, could not always articulate the purpose of the investment or how it fit into their overall goals. In other words, it was usually one idea that worked and they felt compelled to share it. And I never felt that it was directed to me because I was a female. Almost all of my colleagues in the industry were males and they endured the same experience. We always approached these events prepared to have a conversation with the investment guy at the close, and we'd we'd even try and pick them out of the group at the beginning of the event, because there was most often one there. And then there were the women. If they did reference their investments, it was always the opposite. I don't know about investing. I don't like risk. I'd rather put it in the bank. I know this sounds so extreme and ridiculous, but I can't tell you over 20 years of this experience how common it was. Enough to feel the need to look at the studies. Of the results found in these surveys, I would categorize them into two binary outcomes. There is a proven difference in where men and women decide to put their money. According to a Fidelity survey of over 8 million investors, number one, more men invest than women, and number two, they're more confident. More men also invest in commission-free trades, meaning if there's no cost to trade, this can possibly lead to a higher trading frequency. More men also admit to looking at their accounts more than women on a daily and weekly basis. Higher frequency trading and more reviews of these results can be more problematic if they allow their emotions over the short term to change their investment decisions. Wells Fargo supports the Fidelity study and adds that women are twice as likely to seek guidance in their decisions and invest with less variability, or in other words, less risk. In fact, 69% of women take average or below average risk, while over half the men take average or above average risk when investing. This means that when the markets go down, women are down less and thus can recover quicker. 
Part of this is due to women more often than men selecting vehicles such as target date funds to invest in. This is where the money manager that you hire automatically makes the allocation decisions and changes those allocations for you as the investor over time. So first, the good news. The conclusion of this, according to Fidelity, is that women outperform men by 0.4% per year. The University of California shows a higher outperformance at about 1% per year. Now, you may be thinking 1% doesn't sound like a lot, and 0.4% certainly does not. And you're correct in the short term, it may not, but think of this as a snowball effect. Let's assume men on average have returned 8% over time. $100,000 invested 20 years ago at 8% today is worth over $466,000. let us assume now women on average returned 8.4%, that 0.4% higher than the men. That same 100,000 20 years ago today is not 466,000, but worth 35,000 more. Or if you follow the University of California study and women returned 9% instead of 8%, well, that's now a $94,000 difference. This snowball effect is known as the power of compounding, which multiplies your money at an accelerating rate and is incredibly powerful from an investment standpoint. Now, the not so good news. Studies also reveal men are more likely than women to teach themselves about investing using either books or the internet. In 2020, in the peak of the pandemic, the personal savings rate soared from 8 to 33%, all while money market rates plunged to yields of around 0.01%. And why are money markets almost at zero? Well, because interest rates are at an unprecedented low. Now, there's no study that I found as to whether more women than men sit in money markets, but as discussed, we know that more women invest with less than average risk than men. And I think back to all of those investment guys that I met over my career, I didn't meet any investment gals. But less risk isn't supposed to be bad, so how can this be problematic to women? To help explain this, let's go back to 2007. Why 2007? Well, selfishly, that's the year I got married, and I remember putting our wedding money into a CD that at the time was paying 5%. To keep the math simple, let's assume I invested $100,000, although I assure you it was not that. In 2007, $100,000 would have generated around $5,000 in income that year in a CD. Fast forward to today, and that same $100,000 investment now generates just over $200. Now think about that. To even keep up with inflation today, you would need to generate over $1,700. So you're now $1,500 behind in inflation in one year. We all have risk. Whether you choose to put your money in savings or into the market, there's risk. The difference that many women don't think about is the type of risk that they are taking. Many women that choose not to invest are terrified of market risk and don't want to see the value of their portfolio move down. Unfortunately, when you choose to move to cash, you are exposing yourself to a more silent risk that could be just as detrimental, and that's inflationary risk. The idea that your portfolio declines in purchasing power is a guaranteed loss for investors over time. I'm not suggesting that cash is bad. We all need cash on hand to handle short-term needs, and I'll talk about savings in the next episode. 
Today, I'm talking more about the money you have earmarked for longer term that you intend to grow for your long-term goals. In conclusion, it appears that the results of these studies are twofold. Of the women that do invest, they are more conservative than men and take less risk, which can be a more successful strategy in the longer term versus men who overly trade or invest with more risk. And then there are the women whom I met at all of those investment events, ones that might not understand how to invest or are scared of the market that believe the safer avenue is to put their money in cash. This is the silent investment killer. I would also argue that women need to be even more thoughtful than men in how they invest. I discussed in the last episode that we have less income overall as women, are living longer, and thus will have larger expenses in areas such as healthcare over time. I hate diets. I have never been successful with them because so many of them are focused on just one thing. I tried sugar-free and that lasted for maybe a day. I've tried no carb over time and maybe they've lasted a few days. I could go on. I hate to say it, but this is like a proper diet. Finding the appropriate balance of risk you can take is the key to success. You can't be too risky and you can't be too safe. It's not easy and it's emotional. So even if you hate dieting like I do, consider a proper balanced diet to your investment portfolio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Women on Wealth by Women for Women. Stay up to date by subscribing to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit www.principalwealthpartners.com or join us on LinkedIn.